you know, he, sometimes I don't know if you remember or maybe your parents did. Like, I'm sure they did. But like, how do you feel about being adopted? Like, you feel comfortable? Like, you know, I was like, fine. Like, you're my parents. Like, I know that. But it's not the same. It's a have you been in my shoes type scenario. And if you haven't, then you can sympathize as much as you want and understand in theory. But Hey, and welcome to I'm Adopted, Now What? A podcast where we talk about all things race, culture, and identity, one chat at a time. This is for people who want to get real, get deep, and figure out, now what? I'm your host, Liza. Welcome to the podcast. In this chat, I call my old and dear friend, Addie. Her and I met at summer camp when we were in the second grade, I think, and we're instant friends. Literally, the first day we met, we had a play date that afternoon, and it lasted, like, to the point where I stayed for dinner, I think. Anyways, we had sort of lost touch over the years, as people can do when life carries you down different paths, but had pleasant interaction whenever we did end up talking, usually only for a few minutes at a time. Addie currently works and lives in Canada somewhere, but I can't remember where. Hopefully she'll say it in the episode. Now, what seems more than seven years later since we last saw one another, we catch up and talk about our adoptions and how the media can end up shaping ourselves and the lives we lead. Let's get into it. Hey, Addie. Hi, how are you? Hi, oh my gosh, hello, I'm so glad it worked. Yeah, I just want to give a heads up, so I'm, I'm just biking home now, so no there's problem. like car traffic, and my phone battery is at 20%, so okay, if it cool. gets cut off, that's why. <laughs> no problem, how are you? It's been I'm so good. long. So I'm currently living in Toronto, and yeah, that's where I am. I've been in Canada the past eight years now. Right. I was going to say, like, the last I heard you were in, like, school in Nova Scotia, and that was really it. What about you? I saw that you did your master's degree at BU, and you were working at this amazing Asian restaurant. Yeah. I, I had the opportunity, would totally go out there. <laughs> I love Asian food, so. Yeah. No, it's been great. I kind of sort of ended up there for, like, six years all through while I was in undergrad and grad school, but I was laid off in the pandemic. And so I've been kind of trying to, you know, figure out really what I want to do for the rest of my life. I never really intended, I don't think, to sort of end up in restaurants forever. No, the service industry is pretty awesome, though. It's amazing. Just it didn't, it wasn't going to last through the pandemic. Right. So I guess, what has your reaction been to the Black Lives Matter movement? And do you feel like it impacts you personally because, at least on the outside, you know, you and I look like minorities? Although, to be clear, I'm not comparing the experience of being an Asian minority to being a a Black minority, because I don't think those are comparable situations. But just to get your personal, like, feelings on how the movement has either made you more aware of like this dual, like American, but also looking Chinese 
experience or maybe you haven't felt that way? I haven't felt that way to with the Black Lives Movement when it occurred to think so much about like of my race specifically mm-hmm. of being Asian. It made me realize like, oh, I'm in denial that there's people out there that will do this actively publicly and like they'll they'll say really mean things. I just feel like just like the other day, my coworker, she's from Pakistan mm-hmm. and this woman told her to go back to her country. I was like, holy shimoli, like, I don't really feel like there, I was in denial that people even like can be so outspoken to strangers that Right, way. yeah. So with the Black Lives moment, I felt that I was just like really naive and silly to think that there weren't people like that just because I haven't directly been experienced by it doesn't mean that right. other people have been. And so now that you've realized this sort of more through firsthand experience how do you feel about race now and like where we are in the country with how like racially divided we we are with trump as our president with the election you know how has this like awareness has it changed you do you feel like in the way you operate or who you are or not really i feel like social media and just media in general has really been changing the past few months. Mm -hmm. I feel like I get excited when I see diversity on like TV shows and movies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people need to understand that like so many countries now, like people are citizens, even though like, let's say they come from China and they come to Canada and they have a child, like their child's a Canadian citizen, Mm -hmm. but like people always question it. You always get yeah. questioned because you look different. Right. Like I have, I don't know, I feel like I grew up with a large international base that like there were citizens there. It was not unusual. Like, oh, okay, you were yeah. born here or you became a citizen. Like, great. But yeah. there's still people that be like, when you meet people in a social setting, they're like, oh, where are you from? Like, what country did you come from? And they're like, no, I was born here. I live here. And it's yeah. like really awkward. It was kind of funny because, like, in my when I went to school in Canada, I went to International Week because technically, like, U.S. citizens are international students, mm-hmm. and people would like compliment me. They're like, "You have such good English," and I'm like, "Thank you." Oh God! <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I mean, during COVID nineteen like, at the beginning, there was definitely a lot of racism towards Asians. Oh, because it was like the quote-unquote China virus. Yeah, yeah. Like, I definitely got, like, so much more probing. Like, I went to get a massage. And I, like, saw this person, like, several times before. And she asked me, like, so have you been traveling recently? Like, did you go on vacation? I was like, what is this? Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. I I don't really feel like I've experienced She's like, oh, not anywhere. Like, I just went to Mountain Blanc. And she's like, oh, that's somewhere different. I'm like, is it? Like, I was thinking you were expecting, like, you wanted me to be like, I just came from China because I'm Asian. I feel like, if anything, for me, I just get lots of, like, stares. Because even with a mask on, like, you know, it's obvious that, like, I have an Asian face, you know? Like, I don't, I feel like I'm also, like, personality-wise, I'm pretty oblivious to a lot of stuff. Because I just Mm. have the assumption, like, everything's normal. You treat everyone, you know, how you would expect to be. Like, it doesn't matter what race or the background is like if anything it gives like a really exciting story that I'm like cool like that's Mm -hmm. awesome yeah so 
Um, I remember I would hang out with my sister. I don't know if you remember Tiana. So I do. I remember both so of your sisters. So her husband, Derry, right? He's black. She's mm-hmm. white. And I am, like, Asian. And, like, they used to, like, go to the parks with me. And he would be, like, watching uh-huh. me, like, okay, how did this happen? I've never felt, like, out of place growing up being Asian. I just, I think it's also, like, a large part of it is my personality of, like, acceptance. Because I, I know other adoptees that don't feel that way. But I felt yeah. like having a diverse family, you know, growing up in New York City, having like a really close connection with the other Asian adoptee girls. Because you remember like I would have totally. Mufon Day every yeah, year absolutely. to like a point where I thought it was like a national holiday. Like I thought everyone had Mufon Day, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I always thought that good connection, like going to Chinatown, meeting people, meeting our nannies, like having that support with them and like getting introduced to Chinese culture. So I thought it was great. Yeah. I think both of our parents did like really good jobs in terms of like making us feel well adjusted. Yeah. They made us feel loved at home and in a stable environment. Yeah. And like, okay. to like ask questions and explore. Like I definitely thought adoption day was like a holiday for every kid, as you said. Do you feel like, because I feel like our parents in a lot of ways were really similar. Like each of them had been married like before or like had partners before each other and they were both older. Do you feel like, because I felt really affected by the age of my parents. Oh my God. I don't know about I you. Definitely but I definitely did during like <laughs> middle school, high school, at the beginning of high school, mostly middle school. And yeah. That car is just like grumpy, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, because, like, all the other parents were doing, like, sports with their kids, you know, being, yes. doing active activities. Like, yeah, our parents did, like, little mini walks, you know. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but they were getting old, you know. They were getting, like, you know, yeah. physical issues that they couldn't do those things. And I would get frustrated because, like, I want to go play tennis with you guys. Like, I want to go do soccer. Like, why don't you do this with me? And they're like, we're old. <laughs> like, And they're yeah. kind of like outdated like you know embarrassing parents like exactly these parents totally. were so out of like you know a few decades of what was cool <laughs> exactly like oh my god it was so embarrassing they were so uncool and like you were like oh my parents are embarrassing. i'm like your parent at least is like using an iphone okay mine like doesn't even want, <laughs> has that barred nokia phone still okay so like don't even <laughs> begin on like the technology <laughs> delays like my parents still like still have a home phone they don't even use their cell phones like oh god yeah good luck on like you know skyping with them zoom is also like a fairly challenge i felt like it impacted me just socially like i felt like it made me really weird like just a weirdo and like i felt like i could never have friends over at my house because all of my parents stuff was like ancient and our parents are old yeah all of my friends' parents were, like, in their 30s. I know. And then my parents were literally, like, in their late 60s. And I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, like, it was definitely, I think, middle school years were hard. In university, like, it no longer bothered me anymore. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like... Because I also realized, like, other people have old parents, too, you know? <laughs> like, if we're not the only <laughs> ones, and you realize, like, their age doesn't matter, like, that's not important. Yeah, it's only that, like, young phase where it's hard because being cool is, like, all that matters in your life at that age. 
This podcast is sponsored by still no one. But I've decided that in these small interludes, I should just talk about products that I do genuinely love and use. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Touchland. It's this hand sanitizer company that I discovered at the beginning of the pandemic when all of the regular hand sanitizer, the Purell, even the drugstore brands were completely sold out and I couldn't find any anywhere. I went online and I think I just, you know, searched hand sanitizer and found this website called Touchland and they are this luxury hand sanitizer brand that comes in different colors and different scents and it's, you know, all natural, I think. Don't quote me on that. And moisturizing and it just kind of seemed cool, although I will admit definitely way more than one needs to spend on hand sanitizer, especially because now normal hand sanitizers are back in stock. But anyway, it carried me through and I think I have just a positive association with it now. And so I've continued to use them. They're on my key ring and I really love them. Touchland, go check it out. Okay, back to the episode. So it sounds kind of like overall, like from your childhood compared to your adulthood, your adoption like hasn't really played a big role in your identity or is that, or do you feel differently? Do you feel I like mean, it's- I don't know if I have like a full connection of like, no, do I want to know where my parents are? Like, do I need to reach out to them? Like, it would be great to have yeah. that connection, but you know, I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> so like right. I'm 23 and me, which I, cause like, I don't know anything about my health background. So I thought like, you know, maybe I'll right. catch some like relationship people. And I did go to China this year or last year in October to Wuhan actually, cause that's where I was born. Which is funny because, like, the wow. COVID happened. <laughs> we dodged that bullet. Yeah. And went back to the orphanage. I got to meet, like, different directors and the teachers there. Oh, yeah, my God, you did? So it was That's really crazy. kind of emotional because it just showed how much they love these children. Like, you know, they didn't want this really? to happen. Right. You know, and they just really, what their real message was, like, you know, mm-hmm. you can always come back to China. Like, China is your home. But we're at the end of the day, like we wanted you to find a good family that will give you love and support and give you a home that we weren't able to support you on at the time when you were born. I thought that was like a really strong like message. And it just like, I think with adoption for me is like, I would love to adopt a child of my own just because like, I want to give them opportunity to have like a good family. So I think that's where like adoption really affected me is like, I want to adopt like a hundred percent and I would like love to bring them back to the orphanage that I was adopted from. Oh my God. Wow. I never even thought about that. That is so amazing. So like, and you felt like doing that and going to China and visiting Wuhan and like revisiting the orphanage, like you felt like because you wanted to connect with that. I just felt like it was important because it was a trip between my dad and I and we always talked about going back to China. Uh, and, like, my dad and I, like, he adopted me 24 years or 26 years ago, however old I am. Yeah. So my dad and I went back because, like, we always talked about having a trip, came and adopted me. And it was just, yeah. just it was decided, like, it just need me and my dad to have that bond again. 
And I think this is something that I was thinking when you like asked me about thinking about my race and like identity Mm -hmm. when you sent those Facebook messages and what you Mm -hmm. when you posted something I think a few months ago about your own identity on Instagram about feeling white. Yeah. I kind of like think back in this question about the normalization of adoption. I think Mm -hmm. it's directly related to media and diversity. Uh, Like I think what made Modern Family awesome is that like, you know, you just had like all this family members, you know, one married a younger woman, you know, there's a gay couple, mm-hmm. like, you know, we want to adopt, you know, a child from Vietnam, like, and, right. And it just becomes like, this is normal, like, you can go meet a family and they have like, you know, an Indian child and like, the, you know, yeah. you got a black husband, and you know, an Asian wife, and like, that is normal, like, it's just having that yeah. assumption and seeing the visuals. But I think, and then having the actors on TV seem like this is not weird. Like this is perfectly fine. And I don't know if you've yeah. seen Shit's Creek. It's a Canadian show. Yeah. And what's very unique about it is that they're the son is gay or he's bi, but they make everything mm-hmm. normal. They don't make a big deal that like, you know, there's not an episode talking about that he's gay or that he's bi. Like, let's right. talk about your identity. It's like they accept that he's gay. They're like, there's no assumption. Like, oh my God, you're gay. Like, isn't that a little weird? Or they make gay jokes. Like, there's nothing like that. It's just like this person you accept, this is who they are. Like, these are the relationships. It's like totally normal around the town. Like, yeah, like you can go for a guy, you can go for a girl. Like, no, no, like, you know, episode arc of this. Cause like you see that so much in yeah. and movies. And I feel that that would made it so unique about with media and showing representation of like different types of couples, different types of family, you know, having mm-hmm. those friendships. Because when we were growing mm-hmm. up, like, what did we have? You know, like having main Asian characters and being like adopted and growing up in like a wider environment was a little like kind of frustrating because you only see white individuals on TV. And I think it's so important now with like, you know, I don't, about having main Asian characters. Like, I don't know if you saw that next show, like, P.S. I Love You or something, like, that Korean girl. Finally, like, you know, a movie with the main girl is yeah. Asian and she's not, like, a nerd, you know? She's not, like, the second yes, best friend. Yes, exactly. Like, awesome. And then they had, like, another Netflix yeah. show. Like, there was an Asian girl. Yeah, she was a little nerdy, but, like, it was mainly about her and focusing on her identity, about, like, you know, there's this guy where she's actually, like, really in love with a girl and, like, I was like, oh my God, like, mm. finally another like main Asian character that is just dealing with like any issues that any race would have to deal with, with their right. traditional family. And then having like crazy rich Asians come out. I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this is the second movie in like what, 20 years of a full Asian cast? Like, holy shit, finally. Yeah. Like, there's so many movies, like in Western media, like obviously in China, there's so many Asian, but it's like coming back where we're growing up in a Western environment and seeing that. Absolutely. And seeing that on like, TV ads, like posters, like Sephora. I'm like, finally, but like, we didn't grow up in that environment. That was no, there were like no Asian models even like in like Vogue and things like that. Like, I feel like it's only been in the past 20 years where you'll find like an Asian model mixed in with all the other models. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like media has so much power and having like adoption to be normalized, like just have it it's it's normal like there's so many adoptees like you just don't show it on tv and when they do it makes it like such a big deal it's like you just accept it like this is a normal family like people do this like not an issue yeah yeah and i like i remember 
even though like i remember in sex in the city like when they came out with the movies where in the second one where charlotte like adopts her baby from china i mean there are a lot of racial and gender related things with that series that's wrong but i remember thinking it was so cool to see like that ad- adoption in any way reflected back to me in in like a white american setting because that was what was familiar if anything it should be more promoted because so many people were adopted from china during that time exactly like specifically by white parents (laughs) yeah like but that's like a good point to kind of bring it back full circle it's really great like i was really excited to have this conversation with you I also thought this was kind of like therapeutic. Like it was really nice to like have relate of like events and scenarios in our lives and be able to yeah. s- discuss it because, you know, he, sometimes I don't know if you remember if your parents did, like I'm sure they did, but like, like, how do you feel about being adopted? Like, do you feel comfortable? Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, uh, fine. Like you're my parents. Like, I know that, but it's not the same as talking to someone who like is the adoptee. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally not the same. And like, when all I wanted to say when my parents asked me, I was like, I'm fine. Are you okay? Like, are you sure you're the one that's okay with everything? It's a have you been in my shoes type scenario. And if you haven't, then you can sympathize as much as you want and understand in theory. But it's just like having experiences and memories that have actually happened to you where it's literally because you're so American, but you don't look it. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a hard experience to describe to someone who isn't just automatically going to get it because it happened to them, you know? I think that's really cool. I agree. I really thought that was great. I would like love to also hear about more of your personal life later on, but like it was nice. Yes, absolutely. I really like enjoyed this conversation. I'd like would love to know more about how your family Thank you. is doing. Yeah, you too. We'll have to call. We'll have to talk on the phone. Not <laughs> like on record. <laughs> yeah, I would really sometime like soon and catch up. Okay, have you a great too. rest of your Thank night. You. I'll talk to you Bye. soon. All right. That was the end of the episode and my chat with Addie. I hope you all enjoyed it. Now, I'd like to try and end all of these longer episodes with, you know, just like a random question to kind of change the vibe and lighten the mood or not like that it was such a heavy conversation, but just leave on a happy note. So my question for this week, because I feel like everyone, including me right now, has the travel bug is where is the first place you're going to travel to overseas when, you know, when it's safe to do so and who are you going to bring? Are you going to go by yourself Or are you going to go with some friends or a significant other? Let me know. I'll put an Instagram post up on the podcast feed so you can leave your answers in the comments. Thanks for listening to this episode of I'm Adopted, Now What? Hosted by me, Liza. If you liked what you heard, then please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Leave a good review and share this episode with a friend. If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a later episode, DM me and tell me all about it. You can do that and find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at imadopted.podcast. See you there.